Hey everybody, this is Brent Watkinson with Everyday Artist. I had the good fortune today to speak with Sean Gilbert, owner of the Headless Hands Tattoo Shop in Mission, Kansas. We had an energetic, circuitous conversation about many topics concerning tattoos, tattoo cultures, etc. And you can hear the enthusiasm and the passion in Sean's voice. You can also actually hear him smile, I think, because he was smiling the whole time. He really enjoys his work, and I think you're going to find that out very quickly. I interviewed Sean in his tattoo studio, located on a busy intersection, so you may hear some road noise in the background. It's a busy place. You may hear people coming and going in and out the front door. You may hear the heating and air conditioning system coming on and off to make sure the clients are comfortable, but that's okay. We were in a vibrant, live, actual tattoo studio, so occasionally you may hear some background noise of doing business, and that's okay. That's the way I'd rather it be. As always, go to brentwatkinson.com to see images pertaining to this podcast as all the others. Let's get into it. Do you have a general type of tattoo that you do more than others? Uh, yes. So I'm very specific on what I tattoo. It's in a realistic style, and it's usually nature. Uh, so flowers and birds and otters, uh, portraits of your dogs. Uh, nature could also be like ocean, sharks and the coral, um, and in space. So all those realms of uh, life, I generally steer towards that theme. Or horror and zombies. Uh, so... Um, a lot of my art is is that. Uh, now, if you had a just a rad idea anyways, like you came to me and you're like, hey, I want to do something and it's not exactly what I do, but it's in the same style, then I definitely would take it on. But generally, that's, that's what I shoot for. Um, and it's been narrowed down over time because, I mean, I, I've, I've changed from doing new school to trying out everything, especially when you get into this industry. What's new school? Okay, uh, it would be bolder lines, forced perspective, uh, bright colors. Uh, it was popular when I started tattooing 12 or 13 years ago. I've gravitated to realism, which, I mean, I'm, just, I'm a glorified tracer. So we, we basically reference real photos because there's things that you'd see in an image that you might not think would appear that way. If I was trying to do a flower the cast of a branch above it where the light is might hit to recreate a purple or a crazy green color on that white colored leaf that i might not be able to just exactly replicate because i my brain just wouldn't work that way um i mean you do as you do it more you're like all right let's throw this in here and let's do that i work off off photos so generally 90 percent of the time you're going to come in we're going to have a consultation we're going to go over um you know, what's your ideas? Uh, and then I will find whatever I need to, and I can manipulate it, you know, if I got to change light sources or change this this way, but I, I generally work off photos. So it's photorealism, it's nature, it's horror. But you are, um, and I, I'm going to maybe fill in a blank, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you are an interpreter in the greatest sense of the word. You are interpreting images, 
and nature to put it on human canvas, so to speak. I'm just taking people's ideas and what they like. And if they match up with the ideas and what I like to tattoo, then game on and we'll schedule some tat, you know, to do that. Okay. We have to, I would, I mean, I guess I would rather somebody come like as far as I'm sure any artist, if you're going to come in and sit down and have a consultation with them and they're going to design your tattoo would rather you leave it a little open-ended for them, maybe give them some subject matter, but let them place it how they want, put it together. I mean, if you went to an architect and asked them to build you a house because you liked their work, you kind of give them, hey, show them some references. I like this stuff. This is kind of what I'm going for, but you do what you do. That's why I came to you. So they've seen what I've done. I just rather have just an idea. Hey, you know, I, I want some, I want cherry blossoms and cardinals. I need two cardinals and I want a half sleeve, you know, and then I'll, I'll put it together. And a lot of that, when, when we put those together, yeah, it's up to me. Backgrounds are a lot of things. And I tend to go off of, of like, I use and I look for the best reference. I'll put a bunch of things together, but I'm, I'm feeding off and taking from a photographer because he's out there and he's taking that image and getting that beautiful crisp image and putting it all together for me. I don't have that frame like he has, but then he's making the background out of focus. And that's what I would do on your tattoo. I would try to replicate that. So the eye really pays attention to that foreground image. You could tell, okay, cause of those colors and the basic shapes in the background, that might be more flowers back there or the sky or the ground or foliage or whatever it is, but it's way out of focus. They're not sharp, crisp colors. They're kind of running into each other, but um, it's the trick that the photographer plays. And that's where I've, you know, I've, I try to take like every tattoo I do, I try to improve it and I try to take what I can from all forms of art. So by them, I wasn't the guy that decided that making the backgrounds out of focus is going to really bring, you know, that was done a long time ago. And I just used that element of photography in my tattooing. Okay. Um, well, and I like what you said about the architect because yeah. you go to the architect that you pick because you like their work. And as an illustrator for 25 years, people I, I saw many times uh, and friends that were illustrators, art directors would come to me because of they like the way that I think and the way I see and the way I interpret things. So it's just like, let's go to Brent to have him do this job. Same thing with you. Let's go to Sean Gilbert because I like what he does. So I'm going to give him the idea and then you together as a team, you know, it's almost like your clients are art directors in a way because they have the final say, I think, on what they get on their body. And uh, so it's a, it's a, um, it's a joint communication and a partnership we definitely establish a relationship over time because i do large-scale pieces so i just do one tattoo a day it's at 11 o'clock you come in and we have the whole day to, to get our goal done you know sometimes we meet it sometimes we exceed it but but we sit Def there define large piece you said you do large pieces what does that mean i have a minimum of four hours uh so you basically book my day we generally work a little bit longer than that mm -hmm. um so the general walk-in or certain tattoo is a lot smaller. It's not going to take that lengthy a time for me to take something on. Unless, I mean, like I said, I, yeah, rules are made to be broken. I guess I didn't say that, but I would take on something if uh, it piqued my interest. If it was a cool idea, but it only take me two hours, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, no. But it's got to be a neat idea. Large scale pieces. So half sleeves, sleeves, back pieces, thigh pieces, 
big large pieces that are gonna you're gonna come and see me you know um three times six times ten times uh till we complete the project so that's why we develop a kind of a relationship with your client um I, they are trusting you to do the tattoo and you're gonna i, do I would call and of course i'm not a tattoo artist and i'm not in your culture so you'll have to give me the right vocabulary i would call those people people with a tattoo plan as opposed to if they're doing their back or a couple of sleeves or half sleeve or whatever that's a pretty major commitment and a plan for tattoos on their body is that different than somebody that just walks in off the street and says, you know, I'm turning 25 today, so I got a couple of hundred dollars. I'd like to have a tattoo. I mean, are, are the sure, large... Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the I'm two not going to sit here right? and like bash one or the other. No, Do no, I have no. a preference? Uh, no. There's a preference no. in, in, for every artist in here. Sure. Um, no, I'm and, sure and everybody I, could figure out which one that is. I, mean, um, I don't, don't want to bash either one either. I'm just saying there's... Spontaneity. There's of, or, yeah. You know, people like to just, hey, I want a tattoo. I want it today. I want it now. Probably the worst way to go about it. Not to say that you can't get the tattoo you want, but they're forever. You should put a little time and thought into what you're getting, who's doing the tattoo, where you're getting it done. And you see a lot of people come in and they, you know, oh, can you get me in? And maybe by chance, we, it's a small tattoo. Somebody can get them in here in like three hours. It's five o'clock. All right, we'll get you in at eight they that's just not good enough you know they they're gonna go and drive around and try to find somebody to do it they're probably gonna waste their time and it's funny we'll see them and they'll come back oh well can i get in well no we're we're full now you would you like to make an appointment for tomorrow well no and then they'll come back oh can i do it well no we're busy you should have made an appointment you know the first time you came in but uh so a lot of people just they gotta have it now they don't care who does it so it's probably not the best way to go into something that you're gonna have on your body for life not to say that it might not come out exactly how you want it and it could be mm -hmm. perfect and that's people love their tattoos some people hate their tattoos if you love it and it's terrible work in my eyes who cares you know that's what i tell people hey if you're happy with it great you know if you if you feel like the 20 bucks you spent on a tattoo from your buddy or whatever it is when you you know and uh you're happy with it cool you got what you wanted but it's not just as if you look around the studio here we have no flash on the walls we're an art gallery as well so we have featured artists all around here and all this arts for sale we're not catering to that customer typically we draw everything we do it we're all artists and the most some of the best artists in the world now are getting into tattooing and they have been so and with social media it's helped a lot we're getting off on a tangent here from the original question but we can all grow off each other and there's people just like it amazes me you know but and then as soon as they do something awesome everybody else can starts replicating you know and you it mean just grows some of the industry grows. leaders when they do something incredible then other people can't try even to be a leader it could be a guy that no one's ever heard of him okay post it on instagram and bam that guy is you know it's it's it gives everybody the same level playing field but i feel like it's made everybody better so if i'm doing some technique and i do something cool and you know Maybe this guy sees it and that guy sees it 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's going to take a long time for the industry to grow. But now that this guy's doing it in Russia, I see it instantly when it's done. So and it's I'm like, a That's visual a cool communication idea. across yeah. the globe. We all feed off each other, like I was saying. And, and it's not, you know, unless you're taking somebody's design, copying it. And trying to replicate it, that's stealing somebody's artwork. But just like looking at, oh, man, I like how they did that. 
I mean, in my eyes, I like how they did that. You know, everybody takes from everybody. Every all the great artists have done that. Is you know? is there a criteria of what makes a good tattoo in in your eyes, in your mind, or is it just longevity? Would be a great word. I mean, like I could blast your skin and get a nice picture, and then you scar up and heal up, and you end up with you know just like nothing but scar tissue because I just overworked you or I did something too small or in the wrong spot um, where it's, you know, hey, this guy rides a motorcycle, so why am I blasting a bunch of yellow on the back of his neck or on his head that's just going to fade out? I mean, you got to think about these tattoos lasting, what colors you're using what, uh, and, and where they're being placed and, and is, are they big enough? You want your tattoo forever, so we want to make it look nice forever. And that's kind of on you, too. you got to take care of a tattoo. How do you take care of a tattoo? I've never you heard keep that it before. out of the sun. Oh. You put sunblock on it when it is in the sun. Okay. You heal it right the first time. So, you know, you got about a four week process of healing. You got to follow the instructions of whoever's doing your tattoo. They're not telling you that for fun, but no one wants to because it, you can't be in the sun. You can't submerge your tattoo in the water. A lot of people are getting tattoos when they're healing, spontaneously. Once they're healed. Okay. You can have them in the sun, but try to put sunblock on your skin because you need that anyways. The sun's going to fade the paint on your car. It's going to give you cancer. It fades Coke cans. It does damage. Why wouldn't it fade your tattoos in the ink? It's only down to the second layer of your skin. You know, it's not like this thing's real deep in you and it's never going to be penetrated by the sun. It's going to fade. So I, if you I know as an artist, as a painter, as somebody that uses pigment, and this goes back to the story of uh, Mark Rothko doing paintings with a lizard crimson, which is a very impermanent um, pigment. If I got a lot of red in my tattoo on my forearm, typically as an artist, red is the least stable. Is, is it the same thing for tattoos? Or is red going to go away or fade quicker than others? No. Okay. There is a little bit of interest. Okay, so if there was a color ink that more people have an issue with, it would be red. And that's generally like the mercury sulfate that's in an ink, which isn't in many inks, but it can be correlated to uh, people that have an allergy to penicillin. It somehow correlates because the mercury sulfate is, I think, what they're allergic to from the penicillin, maybe not in every case. And that also okay. can be found in red ink. So if they check that box on when we're having them release a, or do their release form, Hey, I have allergies and this is what it's to. Then we go over all that aspect of, hey, you know, maybe we don't do this and we suggest other colors just in case you do have this. What that would be could be a slight irritation or a rash, hard healing. Man, they could, you know, it, it's like any allergic reaction. And if you're putting something that the skin's allergic to into the skin, this, it's going to, the body's going to try to reject it. Doesn't look pretty. I've seen pictures of it. Um, but. It lasts wonderfully. So that's a very, 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 very small amount of people. Generally, if they do have that, you know, they might go on the sun. The sun irritates it a little bit. It almost can be like a rash takes some Benadryl to be fine. If that happened and you were allergic to it, somebody could do a little spot of red on you to make sure that you're not going to have an issue if you did. have. I mean, there's ways to to do it if you might have had that i wouldn't blast your whole thigh with a bunch of red and just hope for the best <laughs> so that brings me to another question that i never thought about until you brought up 
checking boxes on your app on the application of the tattoo or, or whatever it is are you regulated by someone or something or some board of whatever we are every state does it differently they're all regulated but to what do you consider being regulated um overseen by the board well, of cosmetology if, there you in go. the state that, of kansas okay um i had no idea kansas has the strictest license requirements of any state and maybe unless that's changed recently but when i got into the industry it was it is night and day difference we're in here in kansas city which is a bi-state city missouri is the complete opposite it's terrifying yeah Exactly. Meaning um, they're very unregulated compared meaning, to where Meaning, so you are. what you have to do is, me, I'm a licensed trainer, so I am allowed to have an apprentice. I had to have, you know, a minimum of seven years tattooing. I had to apply and create a syllabus and apply to it and have a, uh, I had to go in and actually talk to them and make sure that, you know, I was eligible to do that. I then um, would apply for an apprentice license if I found somebody, the lady that just walked in. Mm -hmm. She is uh, my... She's been hanging out since March. Soon she'll probably get her official apprentice license. She'll have another year and a half of training. So it's about two years it takes here. You have to do 1,250 hours. They're logged. It could be from bloodborne pathogens, disease prevention, color theory, design placement, needle building, um, client handling. It, it, there's a long list. And you, you know, it's 360 hours here, 120 in this. My apprentice that finally, um, it's not like we're turning them out. He's my only second one in, in six years that I've been able to do this. So um, she's just been hanging out. She's awesome. We're going to give her the opportunity. Most people don't make it through it. I've had two. He, he finally did it. He needed 1,250 hours. I think he did like 2,300 hours wow. because he might have had this box checked but not um, – the client handling all the way. He hadn't done 360 hours of procedures yet, you know, so he has to, you know, you got to have all the hours and everything. But you go through a third party, you log it in. Every week we log it in and, and they, and hey, I did, on this day I did four hours of this. I did two hours of needle building and they keep track of exactly what you're doing. So at the end of the year and a half, you got everything, you apply, you go to the state, you take, you know, it's one test a month. You go out there, it's a day test. You'll do a practical and a written exam. You'll do a practical one. You do a written the, the next month. If you pass them both, you get your license. And you do, uh, and they make you do, which is kind of weird, another eight hours of continuing education before you can get your license, even though you're in the middle of your education at the time. Kind of weird. I, I asked uh, the board about that. So then you'll have your license for a year. Again, you'll do eight hours of continuing education every year um, and reapply for your license. And um, you may maintain it every year if you do that and pay for it. In Missouri, you have to have 300 hours to be licensed. And it is a signature that's notarized to say you did it. So if I have a license and I'm a day one tattoo artist because you signed a piece of paper, I could then go and sign a piece of paper that says I trained you for 300 hours and get it notarized and send it to the state and you have your license. That's why there's a dozen studios on this side of the, of the Kansas City and there's 120 in Missouri right there. There's amazing artists in Missouri. They are the, some of the best artists in the world in Missouri. So I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying that they are not regulated. And those people that are doing great work that have been in the industry are terrified of it because it can eventually shut it down because no one's really regulated and people are doing it out of the houses. Cases get brought up with staph infections and MRSA and all this stuff. And they're just like, you know what? We want to do away with it. It's a, it's a nuisance. We don't want to handle it. And that industry goes into the dark ages again and it's illegal in Missouri again. There's a ton of great artists. There's a ton of people that shouldn't be tattooing. The people that are doing it right, they want to see the improvements. They want to see the regulation. They're fighting for it, but the board of tattooing in Missouri doesn't want to do anything. 
They mm. tell them, they, they pour in reports about, hey, these guys are tattooing out of their house. Hey, they're doing this. And they just don't follow up on it. They don't care. It's probably hard to prosecute that and do all that, but it's a felony in Kansas to tattoo out of your house without a license or out of a studio. If I went into my house, even though I've owned this shop and I have a shop and I have a license and I've had my license, I'd lose my, I'd lose my license forever here. I got caught doing that. I would never do that. Yeah. Filthy and unsanitary. Why would you? (laughs) Yeah. Why would I, you know, but there's people to do it. Are there any uh, two part question? Are there any medical certifications that you have to do? And if you do modifications, I'm thinking needles. So what do you do with, I mean, how do you dispose? A lot of our training to get your license is in cross-contamination, bloodborne pathogens, all the OSHA regulations and, we do an APT seminar that's on that. So we stay up all of our continuing what education. What is APT? What's APT? Uh, Alliance of Professional Tattooists. They put on a, a okay. like an eight-hour seminar that's just all about that. And basically, we used to take it every year. They've moved it. It's funny. Their office is in Kansas City, but they don't offer uh, the, the classes here. Got to go down to Vegas or wherever they put on their show. They used to have a show here in Kansas City, a convention. What do you think is a misunderstood aspect of the tattoo culture? that we're all criminals. I mean, I am, but not everybody. (laughs) Um, We're trash. We're going to, I don't know, you know, like we're just, we're just lower, like, you know, I think it's changing and it's changed over the last decade because of it's been brought into your living room through shows. I mean, that's, I don't know if these shows are like portraying the industry correctly, but they are giving someone that's never stepped foot into a tattoo studio a little more insight, a little bit, you know, people are fear what they don't know. So now uh, the clientele has changed. Um, It's a lot more diverse than it probably was 30 years ago. So Um, you're saying perhaps you said a decade, maybe 15, 20 years ago, tattoo was still, I'll call it a subculture. Now it's pop culture. It's, it's culture. Sure. And uh, do you, and you talked about, shows like um what are the shows like ink masters or whatever some of the uh so they first started shows. out with more like shop driven shows not competition wise uh like the miami ink and uh spinoffs from there uh but that you know uh there was a lot of misconceptions that you could just walk in and get a back piece done right then but you know so hey, how much is a sleeve and i want it today <laughs> because that's how the show did it in a 30 minute segment but it did show, hey, we're artists. We draw. We're people that you can approach. We're not going to, you know, like rob you and infect you and whatever else fears the people might have had. And I'm sure there's shops maybe still that aren't as friendly as other shops that have um, it's why, changed. Why would there be a business unfriendly? Because there's old timers that have been in there that think they can just be rude and they're still going to make it, and uh, you probably could back then. There probably wasn't as much competition. There's not the, as much voice for the consumer that there is now. I mean, even if you're wrong, you could still go out there and say, I, I was a terrible person, and it's going to reflect on my business. We might quote you a little high, and you might n- not like that. One-star review. Too expensive. That's it. Never did any work for you. Simply just didn't fit your budget. We try. We try to create a product that you love that's within your means, but sometimes it's a little far-fetched for us to do your half sleeve for two or 300 bucks. It's going to cost you $2,000. So you said the demographic has changed greatly over the past 
X amount of years. How did it change? Did it go from what to what? Did you lose? We have elderly people. We have first time clients. We have people in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s coming and getting tattoos. We have what you might consider soccer moms, corporate people, people that you wouldn't know are completely covered, but maybe they keep it a little more tight than I do. You know, uh, as far as uh, where they're getting their tattoos and placement goes, um, you know, if you're every, going to every shop is different. But what percentage of females and males do you do? Or is that an unfair question? Half and half. I would say okay. there's no more. Major- I mean, like, um, what do you think it was 20 years ago? Pretending you had a shop. I mean, are there more women now? I guess I'm leading you into that. Probably. Question. I would say that okay. the the um, you might have a. You might have seen a lady that had tattoos a long time ago and made a judgment on her. You might not make that. I mean, some people are tattooed no matter what. You're, I don't want to know what word they're thinking, but, you know, it's probably mm-hmm. not great. Um, but it's more of an art form. I think they're laid out on the body, so they're more people might just came in and got a piece of flash on their arm. And, yeah, it, to me, if you still did that, it's probably not very flattering. And it might look what people think a little trashy. You can design something that flows and fits and it's feminine and nice on a body and it can be it needs to fit no matter what even if it's a man there's there's placement is key to a tattoo placement now tell me about that i i wouldn't have thought of that in a million years why does that have anything to do with anything because there's flows to the body okay there's the way the muscle structure in the body's built and if you do certain images in certain areas they just look unflattering there's a nice S curve to the top of the arm. So you want to flow like this, you know, I know mm-hmm. you can see that, but if you can imagine S starting, you're just at drawing the front, an S curve. Yeah. In, yeah. In and and it kind of goes yeah. down around the bicep and the tricep kind of dips down in there. You wouldn't want, okay, real easy image. If I had a picture of three quarter profile of a old hot rod or something, you know, a, a picture of a hot rod. So we're looking at a horizontal design. We would place that if you wanted it on your forearm, from the ditch or the opposite side of the elbow to the wrist long ways that way so you could see the tattoo when you held it out all in one view you wouldn't do that tattoo like a bracelet or something around there because then you're like oh what are you doing you know and it cuts the arm off <laughs> right. um bands that were popular because i have one because i was getting tattooed in that time so in the 90s and early 2000s tribal woo it was great. It was amazing for me to learn uh, color packing and solid lines and fill and everything. So technically, but uh, it was a nightmare. Everybody was getting them. I got the, them. The, the tribal thing or the band thing? The oh, band you, thing's you the worst. People the could still get tribal band. and it could look. And tribal now has jumped all over the place. Oh, Geometric thought, designs, Polynesian designs, your standard tribal that you might be thinking that the guy has uh, around his arm is, a, is an armband. Um, it, there's, there's black work and it's, it, it, tribal can be beautiful if it's done correctly. But a band is so to me, and I want to clarify unflattering. quickly. You said armband, and arm when band. you first said band, I thought you meant Metallica, not not a musical. You band. can get Metallica. Well, I, know. I would much rather tattoo something <laughs> cool from Metallica. But you're talking about the tribal. I'm arm talking bands. about a band as yes. if you put like a rubber band around your arm, right gotcha. in the middle of yes. your arm, right there. Gotcha. Or, um, and it it just cuts the flow off. So, man, you got to work with a tattoo, and right in the middle of it, you got this band. You know, it just it, it's it's unflattering to the body. No, I, I totally understand yeah. that. As as a figure painter, artist, photographer, whatever, the rule is never cut somebody off in the frame at 
mid-shin. Mm -hmm. Cut them off mid-thigh. Don't cut their feet off. Same thing with the hands. Don't cut off somebody's hand. Cut them off above the elbow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's it's the same thing. It's flow. It's it's the design of the entire image. And you're talking about the design of an image on a three-dimensional round fleshy thing. So, yeah, same rules. So, yeah, you, you just, just got to design it to fit it. that area. Mm -hmm. Make sure it looks right. It doesn't look awkward. You got to make sure also, like, I mean, I would always do things to a larger scale so that up close, bam, you can see the nice detail and, and whatever it is, the highlight of sweat on a forehead, you know, like, um, but from far away, you know what it is, too. You know, we're not doing a bunch of collage of a bunch of things that just gets jumbled up from across the room. And you're like, hey, you could have tattoos, but I don't know what the heck it is. And then you got to, what do you got? What's going on here? You know, no one should ever go up to you and grab your arm and say, what do you got here? Because that's what I was motioning. Um, but people do that. It's kind of rude to touch somebody without permission. You want it. You want it to be visible across the room. You want to know what it is up close, far away. Fits, looks flattering, looks nice. It improves the presence of that person aesthetically, um, and doesn't diminish them. The worst thing to to ever have is a bad tattoo because it's forever, and people feel unconfident. They feel insecure. They want to cover it. Maybe it's it's they don't go swimming because they got this terrible piece that they got a long time ago. I do a lot of cover-ups. So. We talked a little bit ago about what's the criteria for a good tattoo. So what's the criteria in the opposite direction? What, what makes a bad tattoo? Why do you cover up other tattoo work? Why is it bad? So besides the word longevity that I used mm -hmm. as far as that, that's a good tattoo, there's a lot of elements that go into a good tattoo. You gotta have if if there's line work in there, you need you need solid line work, you need s nice saturation or good color blend or soft black and gray work. You need blacks. You need your lighter colors so your range and is not just hey I just have one tone in this. Blacks are gonna make the lighter colors look brighter. They're gonna put depth in it. It's gonna give the tattoo longevity. There's a lot that goes into it. What would be bad is. Um, Bad design placement, bad technique, so those lines are barely there, or they're in there too much and you've blown out, overworking, so you've been scarred or what, underworking the What's a bad not. line? Like a crooked line? A or crooked line would be a bad in, line. In, a uh, line that's not in not the right placement, in. a line okay. that isn't in there solid, so it's light if you've seen a tattoo where they're just the lines aren't as solid as they can be, they're not crisp and black, or the line was put in too deep. And it is blowing out or it's scarred or, you know, it's real hazy around there. So that would be bad okay. line work. You said a word or a, a couple of words a while ago. You talked about needle building. What is needle building? Uh, it is part of the criteria that we do. I think I mentioned that some artists might not know what needle building is. I've never heard of it before, so, so I'm sure uh, there are a lot. Before... Tattooing was so popular, there wasn't as many people in the industry that weren't doing tattoos as far as making money off of it, like supplies or wholesalers. So now, there's the internet, there's so many people that sell products, one of those products being needles, and they're affordable, and they're good, so everybody buys needles. I buy my needles. But I learned to, and for years I built needles for the whole shop, which was like... Eight hours a day of my life that I hated in the back 
inhaling flux <laughs> and uh, burning myself building needles. So what it is is it is we're exactly what it is. We're building needles. So you have a needle bar that you buy and then you have needles and you buy different types of needles and you put them in configurations. If I need a five liner, I count out five needles and make sure that they're all they're all right and put them in a pile. Or if I'm building a seven mag, seven needles of this type, then you'll take those needles and you put them in jigs and you put them together and solder them. So now they're in a grouping of whatever type of grouping you want. Then you'll tighten them and do more solder. Then you'll solder that needle, check them and make sure they're all right. They're all configured. They're all at the same level. None of them have been bent. They're all spaced correctly. Then you'll solder that onto a bar, but there can't be too much flux over it. It's a, it's a tedious, tedious process all to get a needle. And then you go through the, the cleaning process to sterilize the needle. So you were doing that because you could be your own quality control. You're doing that because that's part of the tradition of tattooing. You need to learn in case something happens. It's just part of what I was taught from somebody that did this tattooing. He was 30 years in the business. He was an old timer at that time. That's the only way they did it. They mixed their own pigments. I learned how to do that. They built their own needles. There wasn't anybody you bought from. I mean, you buy machines or you build your machines, you know I mean? So I learned how to do that. I did that eventually from when I started. Tattoo needles became better, more accessible, so we started buying them. But I still teach that way because that's how I was taught. So everybody here, while they're apprenticing that first year and a half, because you tattoo during that process, you build needles just for yourself now. I had to do it for everybody. It sucked. They don't have to spend as much time. I'm always kind of like, why aren't you back there building needles? You know, it's just because it's only I, for him. I, I love that story because where I went to art school, I was not allowed to buy clay to make ceramics, you know, throwing pots on a potter's wheel. I could not buy clay. I could not buy glazes. They gave us big sacks, 100-pound sacks of powdered clay. We would mix. We, they had the equipment there, and it was like making a cake. We would dump all these chemicals in this clay and X amount of water, and it was completely visual and by feel because there was no recipe for, for that, you know, depending on the day and the uh, time of year. So I made all my own clay, and making glazes was, again, it was chemistry. It was baking a cake. You take X amount of this chemical, you weigh it out, same thing, same thing. It was tedious, but I, I loved it, and nobody has to do that anymore. Like, nobody has to build their own tattoo needles, but you teach it so you know the tradition. You know where it comes from, and you understand. You talked about the word flux a while ago. There's actually flux in ceramic glazes and if you use too much flux just like when you're soldering things don't work right if you don't if you don't use the right amount so i i loved that story about doing the old school where this came from that sort of thing it's a five-star story it is it's okay huge. <laughs> it's huge i'll give it five and a half okay that's a big Perfect. story you guys hear that big story yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> And you were uh, mentioning to someone that perhaps uh, there's another person in the shop with us, and this person may or may not be on the road to becoming an apprentice. Is that true? Did I spill the beans? Her name is Troll. Troll. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. And uh, that was not given to her by us. Oh, She I let see. us know at a previous shop she was hanging out with that that was her nickname, and it was a great one. Okay. So we. Oh, so it's fitting. Okay. So yeah. Um, so that is troll right there. She's been hanging out, like I said, since March or about that. She comes in every single day and bothers us. 
Well, good for her. Yeah, for her. it's uh, it's tiring, but um, she's made it further than most people. So, so she is very, a, very, very soon. She is a young female coming into the industry. Are trolls? Do you guys have uh, like uh, sex? I don't know if they, I think they're eight. trolls she don't said, have a sex. She said she was immortal, so oh. we'll just go with that. Okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, she's. A lady, I guess. You're welcome for that. Yeah, it's because of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is coming into the industry. She's a really great artist. So that's probably the first thing that you have to have to get into this business is you have to be a good artist. Well, my criteria. You got to produce stuff that I'm like, that's really cool. It's all based on drawing. It's all based on drawing. And then that's the foot in the door. Right. Then you got to bust your ass, show up, make sure you want it. We got to get along with you, too. You got to be able to take our sense of humor, and you have a sense of humor. I do not. Oh, okay. I'll buy one soon, though. Just clarifying. I'm saving. Uh, <laughs> so, she has weathered it quite nicely. If she keeps it up, we're gonna apply officially for her apprentice license very soon, or not. See that smirk? Mm. That's, we that's, don't need that. I don't think that was a smirk. That was just like a troll, that was a you tr- know, countenance. Okay. All right. Well, when I came into your shop X weeks ago, whenever that was, I came in here. I had, I, I mean, I've, I've followed you guys a little bit and saw your, your website and was very impressed with the work that I saw and the shop. I mean, this is a very serious shop. This isn't like... Uh, okay, boys and girls, I'm not sitting in the back of somebody's garage. This is the real deal. I'm I'm very impressed with the accoutrement and the the uh, the way it's appointed. And I came in, and you were doing a tattoo in the back, and there was a friend of yours that just happened to be in town, and I walked in wearing my stupid Hawaiian shirt and, and my purse pants, otherwise known as cargo shorts. Mm. And this guy just came up to me, had a big smile on his face. Hey, what can I do for you today? And I introduced myself, and he goes, wow, podcast, okay, well, yeah, that would be, that'd be Sean. He's getting ready to go on a break. So I sat down, and I just kind of, I, I kind of hung out, and people talked to me, and everybody was nice, and it was a really friendly environment, and I would, I would send anybody here, and I don't owe you anything. I'm just saying I was really impressed when I came in the very first time. I was a stranger, and I just felt like I... I could, you know, come in here and hang out. So maybe that's why Troll is here. Maybe uh, she's not afraid. First, thank you. The <laughs> shop is fancy and we're friendly. <laughs> um, okay. More studios are moving towards this atmosphere. We're not some dark, dungy place that you should feel afraid of. But what's funny is we're also moving, I mean, like, me as an artist might have had a little anxiety going into another shop a long time ago. Oh, their competition, or I've never been in there, you know. So I could imagine uh, somebody that has no tattoos, what they might think um, coming in. So one, we don't look that way. It's a very, very nice studio, I believe. With and we try to be really, 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 really friendly and greeting. I'm back there. Oh. Normally, if I hear somebody, I'll say, welcome. You know, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But um, everybody tries to, you know, that's the one thing. Like, at least 
say hello to somebody, even if you're busy, take the two seconds to say, hey, how are you? We'll be with you. Because when I walk in businesses and I have to greet the people that are ignoring me, hey, how are you guys doing? Can I do, you know, it's, it's, it's off-putting. Um, and oh, we totally want people is. to you feel need to acknowledge them, um, like, hey, I'm Sean. I'm busy. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, everybody that works here, we all mesh very well. We all have similar personalities or work well together. We're all friendly. We're all joking. So we I think, you know, it depends on the personality of the people. Some people can be brash. And you might have that experience at one studio and it might not be, it could turn you off from going into any other studio. But if I um, was a really hot tattoo artist that did great work. That's an but, opinion but <laughs> of yours. If you're a good looking, <laughs> mediocre artist. But believe me, that's <laughs> okay. not me. But if it was, but if I was impolite and I didn't have a good rapport with clients, can I work here anyway? No. We had somebody that worked for us that just didn't mesh. Wasn't for us. So you have your own culture inside of the tattoo culture. I mean, you've, you've got headless hands culture, and that's friendly and nice and patient, and I'm filling in all these words, but just knowing what I know about what I've seen here. It makes life so much easier when you can trust the people that you work with, when you enjoy to work with those people. Just, uh, it's off topic, but the Chiefs doing amazing. Their defensive coordinator said that, our offensive coordinator said that they, they like each other. They like playing together with each other. They don't care who's getting the ball. They, they just love each other and they want to be successful at it. And it breeds a culture and an atmosphere that everybody grows from. And I think we all, I mean, like, we all hang out. We went to Worlds of Fun in the rain with everybody's <laughs> spouses soaked, you know, like on a Sunday and, and hung out. We all, they get together and paint or we go do this or we'll go, like we all hang out outside. I mean, one of the artists that w moved here with me, I've known him since he was 15. I took him to go get his first tattoo. You know, like we've, we're, we're, we're all best friends here. And I think that, that helps it's fun to come to work it's fun to work with people so if i didn't like somebody it's kind of like a cancer on the business and once that person's you know removed you don't really see the cloud that you were in but it's like oh my gosh it's so much better and so much less stress so we've had people that have come in and for whatever reason it didn't work some people i was just concerned about with their behavior and their attitude towards clients because i've worked with them at other studios and i've heard maybe they're amazing to me great people i'm not saying they haven't changed or this or that but you know that's how they're perceived and that's how they do that. And that's, I don't want that. I don't want people to feel like we think that your idea is dumb or that you're having a stupid question or, or that we don't care about you. Sometimes we can't please everybody. I'm sure there's something we've told somebody, hey, you know, that's not gonna work in that area because it's your finger and we can't tattoo your fingers. It's not gonna last. You can get a great picture, put it on Pinterest or Instagram, but it's just the longevity, like I talked about, it's going to fade away and they don't want to hear that or it's, you know, um, so you can't just, and they just think maybe we're just lying to them or being rude because we don't want to do it. It's not the case. So we try to be polite. We try to inform the client. All right. I'm a guy that walks in here and I hey never had, Hey, Hey Sean. See, I knew you'd say hello yeah. as soon as I walked in. I don't have any tattoos and I don't have any idea what I want. How would you counsel me? What's your consultation like at this point? Well, um, 
I would say <laughs> you probably, I mean, if you have no idea what you want, it's probably a little premature to come in here um, unless you just have general questions. Hey, how's this work? What do I need to do? How do I take care of them? Am I eligible to do this? Can I get so this over this area? So that's where you would area? start. If I yeah. just come in clueless, you start at the beginning and say, yeah, be patient and here's what you need to think about. So we have a sheet of paper that should be, uh, it's right over here, it's probably up there. It's like pre-care instructions, just knowledge about, hey, general information about tattoos. But yeah, I'd be like, you know, I'd, I'd try to give you some information that you could leave then and move in the right direction to maybe try to figure out what you're wanting, you know? Do most people have a pretty good idea? Do they have a clear idea or do they come in pretty vague Most i know everybody people different. have a good idea of they what they're do. wanting okay well that makes it a little um, easier on you the people that don't then we'll give them some guidance you know they're okay. like oh i mean to just come in and be like hey i want some tattoos but i have no idea what i want i would say if we're trying to brainstorm here what do you like you know when i'm doing a cover-up work it's not everything works for a cover-up limited amount of things work for cover-ups because they one have to have the same color in the same area. So if there's black in a tattoo, black has to be in that tattoo, unless it's faded and we color with a concentrated color. But it's going to be seen through. They're going down the same level of skin. So I could pack some color, take a picture. As it heals, you're going to see that other tattoo if I had yellow over black. Um, now you can use other colors, darker colors over lighter colors and stuff like that, but it needs to be designed right still. <clears throat> not a ton of black, not being seen through. There's a lot of criteria. If I don't think it can look as good as I would want it originally, then I'm not going to do it because I don't want to – it's not a proper cover-up then. Which would mean you're not going to send them out and say, no tattoo for you today. You're going to say, this design isn't working for the current tattoo. We're going to have to redesign your cover-up so that it will make sense. So getting back to the original point of you didn't have an idea, and I would say to these people before their consultation, they'd come in here and they'd talk, okay, he's the guy I want. Let's set up a consultation. Well, your little homework while you go home is to make a list of everything you like that you could possibly want to get tattooed. So With that's longevity what, in mind? Because no, that's just anything. Favorite? Just okay. make a list. I okay. like fairies and marbles. I like milk steak <laughs> and magnets. <laughs> you just wrote my list. You know, I know. Exactly. I, I dislike people's knees. I feel like if they're walking around, they need to cover them up. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so you'd make a list of everything that you would possibly like. Come in and allow me to go through this list. And maybe you prioritize it to see what I can do, what I think I can make work. Maybe your 10 ideas, nothing's going to work. But generally, there's something we can find. And like if we, hey, I want this, the image itself wouldn't work, but I think I can take a light source from this angle and this angle and create a shadow on the bottom part of that that's going to give us a dark area. Placement of the tattoo prior, th the cover-up piece also plays a key. If I can go up, down, left, right, and we have a lot of space, it's it's great. If that tattoo's right here on the top, you know, in your di uh, top of your forearm, you don't want to pull it, or it's somewhere where we don't have shoulder blade right we're trying to cover up we're not going to want this tattoo to wrap over the top of your arm or, or of your shoulder we're not going to want it to go under your arm so we really have that placement into the go down maybe it's harder to find that dark shadow on the top of that image usually light sources are coming from the top you know if we're so it, you got to play with the design and where it's at and what you can do but if you didn't have an idea of the any tattoos that you wanted but you wanted one i'd say just make a list of things you enjoy man 
Think about stuff you'd like, and then Google it. The internet is out there. I don't need you to find the tattoo, but start looking at things. Man, I, you know, I like to fish. Let's look at fishing tattoos, or or whatever it is, you know, uh, okay, that you enjoy. Um, Get some, or if you just see an image as well. I just, I get tattoos now. I got a lot of them. They're not. Every single tattoo I have isn't deep and meaningful. There are things I like, or if I see, oh, that's a really cool image. I really like that. It speaks to me. I'd like to get that tattooed. Some people get works of art by other artists, famous artists put on them. Um, you know, you get you get everything out there. Signatures, uh, lettering from their loved ones, or oh man, there's there's I can't anything that you can think of out there can be done. So obviously there are quote meaningful tattoos like mm-hmm. this is my mother's name you know or whatever and then there are just decorative tattoos there are images that that we uh, that, that people would put on their bodies because they're pretty they, they're appeasing to the eye yeah yeah okay do you are they fun and they're funny like uh a lot of tattoo artists i believe probably have silly tattoos on them that they just <laughs> got because eh, they're kind of funny you know like yeah. i could list tons of them does your shop do body modifications? No, we did piercings, but um, we do not offer that. We're moving away from that. Um, it's a whole different business. If I feel like piercings and tattoos in the mind of most people correlate because they're a type of body modification. We're governed by the same people, but it's a different industry. It's a different people. Generally, clientele, it's a little bit ran differently. It's more in and out, um, calling, getting them done then. And it's it's different. It's just a different piercers and tattoo artists are different people okay um, see i i had no idea i thought so it we're gonna, was kind yeah. of one in the same so you're you're saying that a lot of shops do both but you're deciding no we're we're we specialists did it i invested in rebuilding our website advertisements a bunch of signs out like we just took down that piercings on the pillar we got to take the other one down and scrape it off the window i mean we put a, i put a lot of money we had a jewelry case we did uh bought different equipment and all the different types of sterilization pouches that fit that jewelry and different setups and stuff that we needed specifically for that so i put some money in and and we had somebody and we tried it mm-hmm. might have been the individual probably not um but i just i'd rather just have an artist in here what do you remember about the first time that you had the tattoo machine in your hand and you were actually going on human flesh, either yours or somebody else's. First, can I say that I love piercers? I have friends that are piercers. <laughs> They're great okay. people. Okay. Okay. You didn't say yeah. anything. Negative. Piercing's awesome. You guys are amazing. I love what you do. I got two inch gauged ears. I had tons of piercings, you know, so they're, they're amazing people. They're artistic. They're great. The lady we had, the person, whatever, uh, we just didn't click. And, and on my side of the of business yeah. of illustration that I yeah. did years ago, basically you're saying, or I would be saying, I'm Brent. I do oil paintings. I don't do pen and ink. Pen and ink is great. I love pen and ink artists. I have friends that are pen and ink. I don't do that. That's all you're saying. It just it's all We good. don't offer piercings here, yes. Okay. I just didn't didn't want I just want to clarify I have nothing <laughs> against piercings or piercers or the okay. people. Um uh I just we're just not going to offer them here, so if we were to we would we'd just be looking to take on another artist. Gotcha. Um okay. And then and then now your question um So what do you remember about the first time you felt those needles going into human flesh and maybe it was your own flesh or maybe somebody else's but do you remember that time so 
I was tattooed at 18. Sure, it hurt. I remember the environment. I remember what I got. I remember who was with me. Um, I can't. I don't know if I exactly remember the the needle penetrating my skin. Uh, no, I did when I tattooed the first time. That's what I'm talking um, about. When yeah, you had was myself, because uh, the first person you tattoo in the apprenticeship I did and the apprenticeship that I offer is, I mean, you have to tattoo yourself. You tattoo before that to get used to the machine and the weight and the way it works, but it's on stuff that's not anything like human flesh. So this is the first time you're having to also stretch and it's not, you know what I mean? And there's a lot and it, it's, so you tattoo yourself. You get a little bit of practice on then, then you, then you. Where's um, a typical place a tattoo artist would do their Generally on your leg, I would say your thigh or like, like the, the inside of the of calf because okay. you got it, you can visually see it uh, very yeah. well. Okay. So you can put your leg up like that and you need two hands. Got to have a hand to hold the machine. Got a hand to, to stretch the skin. So it's in an area that's easily accessible to the person that they can see well, that it's not like, oh, you know, I don't know. Some people, I hear people do their own arms. I'm like, how? I mean, like, I guess <laughs> you could, you know, you did your hair, but it's, it'd be weird. So usually I did mine on my thigh. Both people that apprenticed, they did chose their thighs, I believe. So you tattoo yourself. I guess I remember it. I was more concentrating on a thousand different things that you're thinking of. Stretching the skin, needle speed, needle death, what you're doing, following the line, you know, like it's it's not an easy thing. There's a thousand things going through your head when you're doing it so you don't focus on the pain. First time I tattooed somebody else, that was great. Did it on a friend. I loved it. I got the I got the hang of it like right like that. Lucky. You know, I just I just picked it up super quick. Some people takes a long time. I remember the first tattoo I did on somebody that I didn't know was I was gonna do on a paying customer. It was like my tenth tattoo and it was like, Oh, you've been you, you knocked all these out. Here's this guy. I was going to do a Chrome V8 on his arm, on his forearm. So I'm replicating Chrome on skin, which I never oh really did too much wow. besides on pencil. And then I'm doing something that had pretty, pretty straight lines that needed to be parallel perfectly. So it was, I remember that was probably one of the few times I've ever been nervous in my life, but, uh, it came out, came out solid. So, but I, that, that I, uh, what scale I, was that tattoo? What, how was it six inches it was, was it, it, it filled up most of the forearm, forearm. with a couple inches okay. on the bottom and maybe an inch on the top so okay. i would say five or six inches or so and it just was the, your standard v8 logo and just done in chrome i'm sure he loved hot rods <laughs> i don't remember the individual very well okay. he was a white gentleman and is old to me probably because i was like 22 so he yeah. could have been my age now you know 35 yeah. uh -huh. 40 okay. i'm sure he loved yeah he loved hot rods or something um Ford, I believe he had a Ford. Okay, all right. <laughs> you you mentioned needle speed. What effect does needle speed have? Why does it need to be slower or faster? Because obviously you can change it. Well, uh, if you're doing a certain technique, you might want your needle to hit faster or slower. But I was then talking about actual the speed of your hand. Ah, okay. So that you're not leaving that needle in. Like if you're pulling a line, you're not going too slow, and you're not just damaging that skin you're not going too fast so the line's not in there it's at the right angle and it's at the right going the right way where does that information come from is it just visually looking at it or practice or does someone well tell it's you? The, whoever's training you lets okay. you know how to do it so okay. you know what you're supposed to be doing and then it's just you learning how to do that technique learning okay you need to go faster it's them standing over your shoulder when you're doing it and you're doing their first tattoos on your friends so they know mm -hmm. it's your first tattoos it's free work it might not be perfect, but hopefully I'm, I've prepared that artist to do what they need to do. They've done enough training up till now. Now they're just going to practice that technique. So I might be there. Hey, you need to pull that line a little faster or we'll go back later 
once this is healed and you have a little better experience and you can reline that line. We're not trying to fix lines and sculpt lines day one. We'll let him do it. You know, we might have to come back and rework it because um, he hasn't pulling one line and trying to follow something is one thing, but then trying to fix a line that you couldn't pull the first time just seems like a set up for failure. So we're there right over their shoulder. Hey, you need to do this, do that. This is what you need to do. Hold it at a different angle, go faster, do, you know, do this to try to, till they, till they know, they just get used to it. You know, if you were doing something, uh, it, and just for the uh, sake of uh, explanation, let's say you're doing some kind of logo and you have a, a dark or a black bar in this image that you're tattooing. How do you fill in that dense dark without damaging the skin? Magic? Thank goodness, now we know. Mm -hmm. So you're a conjurer. <laughs> I'm, I'm many things. <laughs> How would a normal human do it without the magic part? Uh, they would take a shader. Which is made of multiple needles? It's a different configuration of needles, yeah. Okay. And it's a machine set up to, to do solid fill to like a color shader, not a black and gray machine. And they would use the technique that they were taught and just slowly fill it in. I mean, each needle has is it to a penetrate. One, can you do it like in one session or do you have to come back and make sure you get the... Oh, density? no. Okay, so not overworking the skin. So if it's black... And you're doing it, you just take your time. Make sure that the skin's saturated. You're using the right technique. You're not overworking an area and spending too much time in there. So if your machine's running right and you have the right amount of ink and the skin's stretched right and you're doing the proper technique, you just slowly move through it um, a little bit at a time. Now, it would be like overworking. Uh, my machine is up too powerful. I'm running my needles too much. I'm wor spending too much time in that area. I'm doing a technique that I'm not really sure. So I'm having to go back and put some colors in here and change this, you know? And so you're just overworking that skin, creating a wound that's not going to heal as soft. And everybody heals from a light flake. And sometimes you get some scabby and some flaky areas and stuff, um, especially in certain areas. And you can get an infection in a tattoo from a good artist from a clean studio just because it's an open wound and you went out there and whatever happened, you know, you caught something. Uh, but if you have an overworked area, you are way more susceptible to getting an infection. How can you tell you're overworking the skin? What is it? Is it a visual? Can you just, do you look at it or can you feel it under the needles? God, I imagine at some point you could probably feel it, but uh, never, I mean. I mean, you as the artist. Yeah, I know. That's okay. what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think I've overworked to the point that you're just, just like, saying, oh, this is just a mucky mess of nothingness. <laughs> but um, you're so good that you don't have no, to No, okay. So, like, I would imagine, you're just spinning too much. You know, if you've been doing this. If you're going back in an area, maybe you can go back briefly for a second, but you know if you're reworking it and saturating it again with another color because you didn't like that or something mm -hmm. or you need some more depth in it, mm -hmm. that skin's already been worked and saturated to the skin, so now you're overworking it. You okay. get one good pass through that area and maybe a little tightening and stuff like that if you know you're going to go in there and do that with a tighter needle or, or whatever you're doing. But you can't just keep sitting there, oh, you know, it's not like painting, oh, let's go and do a little bit more here and we'll throw this on top and change that. You go through and you get that swipe. And if you need to go back and rework it, you let it heal. And then you can go back and add some stuff. A lot of people don't let it heal. They, they got one chance at it or they just, oh, they just don't know. They're doing something that's typically not what they do. 
they overwork the skin or they just don't know and their needles are too deep or they're, they don't adjust to the skin depth of that part of the body. Are their machines too high because they're packing color in which goes in real quick and real fast, but it's not going to heal right. You're going to get holidays, which are light areas in the tattoo, scarring and scabbing and areas where the ink's completely gone. And So what is it about this business that makes you jump up out of bed and come to the studio and work on that client? What's the magic that really makes you want to come in here? And I'm an artist, man, and I get to create art every day. It's Every like the day dream. artist. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. There you go, man. It's like we planned it, but we didn't actually. Uh, yeah. It's um, it's like the best job in the world um, if you can do what you love. And I love to do art. And I've now been successful enough and been doing this long enough that I get to do the exact art that I like. So I put my time in. Some people, you know, I have a friend he is an amazing artist. I have artwork of his in my house. We have it here. I just attended his wedding. I would give him an apprenticeship tomorrow if he would come in here and do it. His concern was he didn't want to create art for other people. He wanted to be able to do it on his own. I'm like, but this is like, you'll, you'd be able to do art eventually. You're that good. He could do only thing. Like, phenomenal artist. Phenomenal artist. That he could be able to do what he wanted probably right off the bat within a couple of years learn all that technique get it and just start doing the, the style that he wanted which is very rare i've built up and luckily I'm, I'm able to do that so i get to do the stuff that i enjoy i'm not doing things that maybe i other people would maybe they don't want to do them either but i get to create exactly what i want and do the style that i want and i get to do it every day for people that enjoy it and i get paid for it and i get to work with people that i love it's pretty neat uh so that's that's why I come to work because uh, I get to create, man. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Well, Sean, thank you so much for inviting me into your studio, your lovely, amazing studio, and everyone can go to brentwatkinson.com as they know and see images, and they can uh, vicariously live through us on the internet and take a look, and hopefully, some of the local people can come in here and uh, figure out what they want to do. Perfect. Thanks, Sean. Thank you very much.